1: Everybody. Welcome to Marriage Martinez. Martini's. I'm Adam. Here is Danielle.
2: Hello. Oh, I'm yeah. supposed to talk. Keep oh, going. Hi. I want
1: to hear your voice.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, keep it going. This week's episode, we spoke to Callie and Jeff, who are also married podcasters. They have a podcast called The Upside, which is a lot about gratitude, and it's also a community of people who realize that no matter what life throws their way, there's always something to be grateful for. They're like us. They say that they're very negative people, but that this tiny bit of gratitude has totally turned their sel- their selves, their lives, their marriage around. Um and I love talking to, I love these conversations in the middle of the episode. I, at one point forgot we were recording a podcast. So if it sounds like very informal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really was. We yeah. were just kind of like kicking back hanging out with these people. They it was were not a lot of fun. great. Yeah,
2: yeah, I love them. I, I know I always hate it when, they, when people live so far away because like I want to see them in person. Right. Callie is eight and a half months pregnant, and she's extremely honest about the fact that they um, they've gone through a miscarriage. She, like I do, she suffers from um, really bad anxiety. She's very honest about the fact that she's uh, on Zoloft during her pregnancies. She's very unapologetic about that, as a, as have I been, and as you know, people who consult their doctor and make these informed decisions should also be. Um, and she is also, she also talks about the fact that she has, uh, she's having an elective C-section, which is something I have to be honest, I didn't even know, um, you could do. And actually, I don't know if that was on the table, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was having kids. Um, but certainly it would have been something I thought about.
1: No, all I know or remember that it was kind of required after your first one.
2: Yeah, I think insurance companies kind of require, but it might be different now. I don't, I don't know, but I love that she was talking about that. She, she taught me something new. Um, and I just hope that people will listen to this with no judgment because I know everybody has their own preferences. People get very, very, um, uh, you know, they get very, what's the word? I don't want to use the wrong word. Um, Heated when it comes to things like pregnancy and breastfeeding, and you know, there's there's a lot of debate about all of that. But I'm hoping that people will just listen, and I know our community will. Yeah,
1: it's um, been, this stuff has been in our episodes before. We've talked about all these open. Right, eyes. I guess like,
2: I get protective when it's not us, when it's somebody, right. when I'm having a guest on. Yeah. But our community is so wonderful. I know you guys will be great. Anyway, enjoy the uh this conversation with Callie and Jeff. If you are thinking about getting pregnant, if you are pregnant, if you have a new baby, I highly recommend having your partner listen to this also because you and Jeff gave a lot of great information from the guy's perspective. <laughs> and I really, um, I think that a lot of people are going to appreciate that. So sit back, relax, no judgment, and uh, yeah. listen and there was, to... Um, there, was,
1: there was some fun talk towards the end, I think. I remember when I was when I was asking him to choose your own adventure. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. We had to get to that part, yeah. Listen, yes. to, listen to the guys for this one. Sure. Yep. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy.
2: We're so happy to have you guys on. Um, I always love talking to other couple podcasters because I do feel a little bit like we're all in this universe, this little you know microcosm of the universe
3: together. Right, where you're working with your spouse and. That's, I don't know if you guys had worked together ever before your show, but we had not. No, so it's God, no. Interesting. <laughs> now I see my husband also as my coworker, which is always a funny discovery, you know, like, oh, so this is what you're like at work. Right. <laughs> right. I know. And do you guys have,
2: are you like us where you each have your separate roles for the podcast or do you both pretty much do everything together?
4: I think it's pretty divided up. Um, we don't have, we don't have like, a, 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 I guess, you know, job descriptions, but I think we're really good at identifying each other's strengths and weaknesses. So we're, we're fine leaning into to that.
3: It's a lot more than you'd think it would be. Have
1: you this guys is found way that more yeah. than
4: I thought it was going to be. I love hopping on, and this is not to discourage anyone from starting a podcast, because I believe that the more people who do podcasts, the more people who get introduced to podcasts, and that's the more potential listeners for all of us, right? So I'm not trying to discourage anyone, but it is entertaining to get on the on the you know in the in the groups on Facebook and and see people say, like, oh yeah, so I've purchased two microphones and my best friend and i are just we're going to do a podcast where we are going to talk it's going to be motivational but it's also going to be we're going to we're going to have a part of it about corgis because that's the (laughs) queen dog and we love corgis but we're going to do a motivational minute in there and then also recipes that focus on cream cheese how long have you guys had your show and has it always been the, the same show in the same format or has it gone through through revisions?
2: So we started it, it, it launched the weekend of July 4th, 2018. Okay. Um, and certainly it has gotten more inappropriate um, and more honest as time has gone on. Um, But other than that, the format is pretty much the
1: same. Yeah, the, the format's the same, but I think we've kind of molded it more into what we wanted it—always wanted it to be. Because in the beginning, we didn't know—we didn't know what we were doing. We were, you know, two idiots who bought a couple mics, waited, and were too nervous to get started about
2: corgis and cream cheese. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like
4: we didn't know what to do. It was going to be cooking with corgis or something. There you go. <laughs> that would be embarrassing.
2: So, how about you guys? What? Okay, so I. I know that you, when you first started dating, Jeff, you got, you said to Callie, you know what we should do? Every day we should write down something we're grateful for.
4: Yeah, so the, the gratitude started when, around, around this time we moved in together, right?
3: I think it was like right before we got engaged.
4: And I, it was, you know, I didn't come up with that. I stole from Oprah or somebody. <laughs> And we just had a stack of index cards and we would write something that we were grateful for every single day. And, and so I would get up. I was working a morning radio at the time. So she would get up and see mine, you know, like today I'm grateful for whatever. And then when I got home from work, I would see hers and it was really, it was really neat. So that's where the gratitude started.
2: Did you start doing that because you guys were going through a hard time or it was just something that you wanted
3: to do because it sounded nice? Jeff frequently will like print out articles and put him on, uh, put them on his nightstand and like not read them for (laughs) quite a while. Um, and one of them was about gratitude and we can't even remember what the article was. And he's since like tossed it and you know, like we can't attribute that to one person, which we wish that we could. Um, but he one night was picked up one of the things on his nightstand. and was reading it and literally said to me, Hey, what do you think about you know, writing down one thing we're grateful for, should we try it? And I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And it was seriously the coolest thing waking up the next day and seeing what he had written. It was almost like, you know, like a kid at Christmas, like you're excited to see what the other person's doing. So we didn't start it out of, you know, something going wrong. But what we found is as we kept doing it every day when crappy stuff would happen, because, You know, I mean, we talk about this on our show all the time, like life happens, things get really hard, things are not always easy. We started navigating them better, having the frame of mind with like the gratitude filter on it.
1: How long were you doing this for, writing down these one things a day that you were grateful for?
3: Probably like a year and a half before we got married.
1: That's a lot of things to be grateful for. We've
4: been doing it consistently since like 2000, 2014, 2015. So yeah. we have giant stacks of index cards. We have journals that are full that we've kept. Oh my
2: off. God.
4: Yeah, so we've done that. And then the the podcast came about because in last year, 2019, uh, like 20, late 2018 into 2019, it was just, it was a really messy period of time. Um, we got married in 2016. Callie started a new job in 20, 2016 is was like the glory year. Like we got married. Callie started a new job. I left a job that I had for 15 plus years um as a co-host on a radio show to host my own radio show, like a dream gig. So all of that happened in in 2016 and it was great. And 2017 was pretty good. And then 2018 it really started to go sideways like my dream job started to fall apart um, my mom was having some health issues uh, cali's dog that she loved very much was you know not not doing well there's just a whole bunch of of stuff uh leading up to the holiday season when we had a miscarriage and then in early that's late 2018 early 2019 and then in 2019 in may i got fired and we realized shortly after that how well we had handled all of the stress because of the gratitude ah. because of just learning to, to cause our brains had been trained to automatically look to the positive or the upside, if you will. Um, and, and it just, all of a sudden, it just clicked. Like that's why we had been doing it for so many years. It was
3: to almost like prepare us for, you know, what was coming. And we fit a lot into the first couple of years of marriage. Like we f- fit, you know, Jeff's mom passed. We had a miscarriage. Jeff got fired. Um, we went through job transitions. We put down my dog. Like we got a lot covered in our first three. So years the lesson is
4: is don't get married because when you do. <laughs> Everything goes.
3: Everything south. goes south.
4: <laughs> you, know, you, you Hear that, kids? Yeah, yeah. You, was the
2: gratitude? You... Was the gratitude always about like you would write something about Jeff, Callie, and Jeff? You would
3: write something about Callie, or it oh, was no, just whatever. Of... No, we would run out of stuff in five seconds. It's literally. <laughs> and I say this like, cause people get so caught up in one of the things, the feedback that we get a lot is I'm intimidated to start. Cause I don't know if I can come up with that much stuff, which is totally a fair point. Um, however you can do literally anything in your eyesight. So some days it's big things. Like I'm grateful for my promotion. I'm grateful for, you know, your help with this, whatever. But some days it's like, I'm grateful for leftover pizza. Right. I'm grateful for sparkling water. Like I'm grateful, you know, so it's just, if you can hone in on the little things, you're like, oh, actually I've never noticed that pizza's really good. And I'm glad that I can have something delivered to my house when I've had a rough day.
4: What leads to the upside, which is the name of our, our, our show is when you find a way to be grateful for something every single day it makes you realize that everything has an upside so you can if you're arguing if you know like if if you're trying to come up with something to be grateful for adam and danielle's like out of town for the weekend and you guys oh, are if fighting, only yeah. <laughs> <laughs> danielle's
3: ready i'm and
4: ready guys, oh, back in the day when you could travel
3: mm-hmm.
4: um you can be grateful that the two of you are apart You know, like it's kind of tongue in cheek, like I'm grateful I don't have to be around you this weekend. But the reality is like that there's actually an upside to being apart, you know, like separate. And that's how that's how it kind of the daily gratitude in 2014 and then everything going to hell and then getting to August of 2019. That's how the show was born.
3: The little things really here's where the little things come in handy, too, is because is when you're, you know, like stuck in traffic or you're whatever, you know, you're it's not to say you don't ever get mad. And when things were really crappy, it's not to say there weren't sobbing fits on the floor and that you can't have a real life. You absolutely can. But you find yourself instead of immediately going to the crappy thing in front of you, it's the crappy things are less annoying. The day-to-day things if that makes sense i guess because when you we do it in the morning and it takes 10 seconds and then when you're going out through your it kind of forces your brain immediately start of the day to be positive and grateful for one thing that you have instead of immediately going to all of the stuff that you don't have you know well that's what happens i, I two weeks ago we had
2: a woman from from denmark on the show because denmark is consistently one of the top three happiest countries in the world And that was really one of the main things that she talked about, you know, because we all want to replicate kind of what they're doing. Like, what are they doing that they are always one of the top three? Like, they're raising healthy, happy human beings. And so what, okay, why we all want to do that. And she said that one of the things that they do is the way that they talk About they can spin anything to be positive. And that's what they teach their kids to do. And when you can do that, obviously it affects your whole state of being. Um, and I am, by nature, a very, Negative. I'm a complainer. Um, yes I mean, But from oh. the time he's up in the morning, especially right now with the pandemic, and I, I even, when I emailed you today, Callie, I was like, virtual learning is going to end me. Like, <laughs> I, instead of being like, oh, my kids are home and I know they're safe. And I am like, life sucks. I hate this. I, you know, and granted, it's been seven months, so we need to cut, Ourselves some slack.
3: Oh my gosh, absolutely.
2: But, you know, I do try during the day to stop, and it's more like a, a selfish reflection of positivity. I'm sort of like, wow, I did great this morning. <laughs> I actually got through it, and they got online. There were no technical problems. You know, it's more like me,
3: like, uh,
2: showing gratitude for myself
3: <laughs> for being totally acceptable. And you should, by the way. And I feel like I should say, to your listeners, Jeff and I are both highly negative people by nature. Okay.
1: That makes me we feel better.
3: Not like polypositive. Either way. Right.
1: Hey, everybody. Fall is here now. And that means every beer lover's favorite event, Oktoberfest. And since you're probably not boarding a plane to Bavaria this year, it's a great time to start a new beer tradition with Duke Cannon's Oktoberfresh, the beer fest located entirely in your shower. Celebrate beer and get squeaky clean with the huge 10-ounce soaps in the Duke Cannon Beer and Bourbon Box. Infused with booze but scented with cedarwood, sandalwood, citrus, and oak barrel, they'll make you smell like a fresh alpine forest rather than a musty Bavarian beer garden. If foreign beers aren't your thing, pour up the decidedly domestic offerings of the Bud Box, great American beer necessities, including beard balm to soften, beard oil to nourish, and beer wash to rinse and repeat. Anybody who's been listening to Marriage Martinez Martini's for a while now knows... I love the beer and bourbon box. I love these huge bricks of soap. And don't forget that all ducannon products are made right here in the U.S., and they give a portion of their profits to veterans, which is just so amazing. you got to go over to Ducanon right now. It's Ducanon.com, and use our promo code MARRIAGE10 for 10% off your next order. That's Ducanon, d u k e c a n n o n D-U-K-E-C-A-N-N-O-N.com com Use our promo code MARRIAGE10 for 10% off your next order. Whether you choose the Bud Box, the Beer and Bourbon Box, or my favorite, both, Two Cannon's October Fresh is the best way to bring your love of beer into the shower. And don't forget, shipping is always free on any order over
2: $30. It is no secret that I love my sleep. Like, I love it, love it. I sleep whenever I can. And I also have a really bad back. Did you know that, Adam, that I have a bad back?
1: Mm -hmm. Every day (laughs) I know about it.
2: So it's really important that I find a mattress that has great support but is also really comfortable. And I learned about this company called Spoon. And Spoon's exclusive support pillars are placed strategically in the mattress to provide pressure point management. The high-density foam contours your body even after hundreds of thousands of compressions. Their climate touch cover is cool enough to dissipate excess heat for hot sleepers, but keep cold sleepers comfortable. Your new sleep system comes with a risk-free 100-night trial because you have the right to be satisfactorily spooned. Designed and manufactured in the USA, and it's so crazy how these these mattresses are delivered now. Like it comes in this box and you're like, you can't believe what's, what fits in there. Yes, it's
1: not not a tiny box, but it's for a mattress. It's, it's insanity. a small box. I remember when I nice. used to have
2: to like stay around all day and wait for the mattress people to deliver <laughs> <Right>. the mattress. <laughs> this is, so it's really awesome. Um, also, anybody who purchases a spoon mattress will receive two free spoon pillows with the code free pillow. That's one word, free pillow. So head to SpoonSleep.com and check out all of their innovative technology today and do what I did and start to get a really comfortable and supportive night's sleep over and over again.
4: One of the most noticeable changes after doing the daily gratitude for a couple of months is we realized that the, you know, going to the grocery store and getting stuck behind the you know the only person who's gonna write a check in the you know this evening in the store and can't find a pen would have been so filled us with so much rage but then we're like God I am so grateful that we know what debit cards are and how debit cards work. You it's know? it's weird. It's, like
3: and it, it is
4: we- it's once it happens it is so weird.
3: It's weird. And you'll notice it if you start doing it in the morning like just one thing and it doesn't have to be an overabundance like rainbow and sunshine thing because that is dumb and it drives Jeff and I nuts when people are like things are happy all the time and they're great and you should be positive about everything. Like, no you shouldn't.
1: There's you watch the play. Care Bears all day. And right. exactly. yeah.
3: what Who are these people? Hello, they're liars. That's what they are. <laughs> 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 um, I even said to Jeff, I'm like, maybe the Dalai Lama, but he's like, maybe the only one. And Jeff's like, no, 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 not no, even him."
4: he's still mad about something. Yeah. The Dalai Lama, <laughs> he gets mad.
3: It's, it's a thing, but it's, it's so subtle. If you do it long enough, you'll be like, it's weird that I'm not annoyed by that right now. You know what I mean? Like you almost. Start think, I'm life.
2: interested to see what it's going to be like when you, when the baby, when you have a newborn, you're going to write something down early in the morning of gratitude and you're going to go to read it four hours later and it's not going to make any sense.
4: Yeah. <laughs> You know what a great like,
2: like uh, Pinocchio, Big,
4: <laughs>
2: like yeah. you're gonna be so exhausted, and I'm sure it's gonna help so much. Like whatever it is you write down is gonna help because those are you know the, the lack of the lack of sleep. It's gonna be interesting to see how it affects the whole gratitude situation.
3: So it'll be, and you guys can well, you can weigh in on this, right? So your parents. And we have had this conversation before, and Jeff was like, "I'm almost scared to talk about it on our show, but I'm going to bring it up with you guys."
0: Okay. Um,
3: so we've both been like overnight, quote unquote, overnight shifters for a while. Jeff was in morning radio for twenty five years. Right? I've been
4: in morning radio since I was eighteen years old. So you're used ago. to this so for twenty five plus years, my alarm went off between three thirty and four thirty every day for a quarter of a century
3: wow and i work in tv and my alarm goes off at 2 30 in the morning so i'm what and jeff is so funny because he's like he was talking about it the other day he's like this might be the most naive thing we're gonna get so judged for this but is it weird that i think because we i've had interrupted sleep for 25 years that maybe We'll be able to handle the level of tired that comes with being. No, I don't think that's
2: weird at all. I think you guys are definitely going to have a head start.
4: I definitely. mean, I just think that the the baby, you know, makes noise or what? Rings its bell or what does it do? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it, like, is there an intercom button on the baby monitor or? <laughs> right. How does, how does it get your attention?
1: They bark when they need something. All if right, need right, to go so, out,
4: they let you know. Right. So, like that happens at two in the morning, we get up. I mean, and how long does and uh, like a two a.m. wake up? Like they're not on fire or anything. They just need a new diaper and a bottle, right? Is that what happens? Don't or- ask Adam. Nah, he never I no did idea. it.
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. That is not true at all. Give me some credit. I, there was a couple times that I was up that night yeah, doing a feeding. Yeah, if
2: I had a fever or Right, exactly. Um, God, you know, I feel like it's been so, like you forget so fast what it's like.
4: Um, is, and, is it, mean, it like 20 minutes
1: or is it an hour or is it no hard?
2: Every to, kid is different. You can't even, you know, you don't even know. And
1: don't listen to the friends who are like, oh, well, my kid sleeps all night, so blah blah blah. Like, don't even get it go you there.
3: What's funny is we haven't even gotten that. The only thing that we've well, and I don't know what Jeff has gotten, but for me, it's been all people warning us about horrible things about parenthood. So it's been like Oh, you just wait until, and then there's something negative or horrible that comes after it. So we actually haven't had anyone say my, you know, a ton of positive stuff. But most of what we've gotten is, oh, you just wait.
1: Right. right.
3: Whatever negative.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's true. So <laughs> be
2: prepared. No, that, don't say that. <laughs> well, and you know, in some ways I was just, I was saying before we started recording, I was saying in some ways with the pandemic, Like you're already, you know, you don't have most most of the time you're not going to be scheduled to go out anywhere or do anything. Like it definitely is a nice time to have a newborn, I think, because you're, you're not, you know, that you're not expected to go out very much or anything and you don't have to pack up, you know, when you have a baby, you like pack a fucking trunk load of stuff to leave the house. You're not going to that that's going to be nice to know that like, okay, I'm staying in the house because I'm being a good citizen and I don't have to take the baby anywhere.
3: It's the best excuse ever. And I think that it's been a lot of people have been, you know, there's a lot of like fear articles out about being pregnant during the pandemic. I actually think it's been great. Like I haven't had to dress up anywhere and stand in front of the mirror and want to cry because you know, like I don't have anything to wear. Or, you know what I mean? I haven't had to like go out and fake it at all. I just go to work and then I come home. And then, you know, like I've been kind of like- No, I think it's a
2: perfect time to have a newborn. I really do. I think, you know, I was saying before, we have a 15, a 12 and a nine-year-old. And I think that it's, they're missing out on so much. And having a baby right now, it's like, they're not going to remember at all. And they're not missing out on anything. If anything, they're just getting more mommy and daddy time. Right. Right
4: we didn't even have to buy maternity clothes callie's just wearing my clothes
2: (laughs) i think she looks way cuter than that
4: (laughs) it's it's so so easy right now
2: yeah okay and i wanted to talk to talk to you about now that we talked about so you're eight and a half months pregnant and one thing that you and i have discussed is that we are both on zoloft Well, i was on zoloft so i don't know how much you know about my background with you know i have ocd and anxiety I went into a tailspin, horrible, horrible OCD attack, depression, everything, when I was pregnant with my first, Um, because my doctor told me to go before, when I was trying to get pregnant, and this is, you know, we're talking 16 years ago now, so this is really before it became something that wasn't stigmatized to talk about, and um, so my OBGYN said, oh, you're trying for a baby, you need to get off your SSRIs. And I was 26 at the time, so I just did whatever the doctor told me. Right. Um, I wanted to be a good mom, and I thought that's what where it started. So I, I went off my medication. And then um, I literally went into a tailspin. I moved out with Adam. I moved in with my parents. I wasn't even living with Adam anymore. He wasn't sure if I was going to have to go into a mental institution, like for real. And then I slowly, I got a different doctor, and I went back on my meds. Yeah. You have been very open, which I'm so grateful for, for people, um, that you are on Zoloft also. Yeah, so, Do so you want to talk got- to us a little bit about that? Because, I, again, like I said, it's been 10 years since I had a baby.
3: I, it, like, makes me cringe hearing because I know a lot of people who have been told you can't take medication while pregnant or have been like shamed out of it like oh it'll be bad for your baby or you know whatever else and um you know after talking to you I have a psychiatrist that is wonderful and the reason that I started going to her was after we got married and we knew we wanted to have kids and I have been diagnosed with ADHD and with um generalized anxiety disorder And I knew that we wanted to have kids, but I also didn't want to live in fear of not being able to have kids or hurting my kids, like meaning hurting a baby trying to get pregnant while I was on medication and stuff like that. So this I asked my therapist to recommend a psychiatrist to me that had experience treating pregnant women specifically, because I wanted someone that knew the research, really knew what the drugs did. And the good news is now that I think is different probably from when you were. You know um going through your pregnancies is now they know so much about the drugs like the handful of drugs you know they have like 10 plus years of research so they're confident in what drugs don't impact the babies and i went to this woman and she's like look this is before we even started trying to get pregnant she's like look it is healthier for you and your future baby to mm-hmm. take care of your mental health like it is and you. your and
4: your husband, <laughs> and,
3: <laughs> um, but she's like it's it can be really physically harmful to a child if a mother is pregnant and chronically stressed. Like it shows that you know kids can have lower birth weights and there's all you know what I mean. You can really it can impact you, but it can impact the child. And I just fell in love with her. I started taking Zoloft before when we started trying to get pregnant because she's like if you can tolerate Zoloft, you won't have to go off of it. Um, And then when we got pregnant, I had a conversation. You know, I'm 34, which puts me in like the, on my forms at the doctor, it puts me in quote unquote elderly mom. Oh, really? They're 34?
4: Elderly. Chef Geri- Dollar. It it's says Geri- elderly. It says geriatric. No,
3: I checked it yesterday. <laughs> it says elderly on my forms.
4: Not now.
3: I swear Science, to you that's
4: for old people. Science is amazing. That's <laughs> for 60 plus.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> how many how many people are really having babies before 34 these days? Yeah, anyway? I, I mean, was gonna how say could that be? I, mean,
2: I have a ton of friends who are 40, 42 who have had who have had yeah. babies.
3: Yeah. We you, were way you young. Were like babies, y'all were like 25, right? What's that? 26 or 25. You guys were babies when you had
1: yeah, 22. we were uh, 28, 28. I was first? 27, yeah. yeah.
2: 27, 30, and 33, but I don't know. I guess you guys are in the South. Things are different. <laughs>
1: <The> <laughs> South, <laughs> things are different. That was her brother, Danielle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how it works. I've only ever lived in the Northeast. <laughs>
3: So I got this, you know, I got this psychiatrist, she put me on Zoloft, I got pregnant. And then every doctor I talked to was like, yes, it is so smart, stay on those meds, take care of yourself. That's incredible. Taking care of yourself is taking care of your baby. And, um, you know, I've had friends actually too that have been on stronger um, medications for depression. And they've been advised, even though a lot of people would say don't take depression medication during pregnancy. They've been advised by their OBs and their psychiatrist to not go off because of the ramifications. Like what you said, Mm -hmm. just they, they would not be able to function, you know, as a human being, plus all the hormones, plus whatever, without that medication. And I'm just really excited now that there are providers that are like, yes, we'll monitor you. We'll monitor the baby, take care of that mental health. It's Mm -hmm. so important.
2: Yeah. And I didn't know. And I hope that people listening know that when you, you can shop around, I mean, I say shop around, but for a doctor, I just figured this is my OBGYN and that's it. And I'm going to stick with, I didn't realize that I could have gone and, you know, asked around to five, six different doctors and been like, how do you feel about medication? And how do you, with my second and my third kids, I knew that. But with my first, I didn't. And I just want people to know that just because you have an OB, you know, and even if you love them, doesn't mean you have to stick with them. You have no. to find
3: the person that's right for you. You absolutely do. And it's, you know, I am really open about this. And I I don't I didn't tell Danielle this beforehand, but I'm also having an elective C section um, because of things related to my anxiety. And, um, I'm quite frankly worried that I was going to have a panic attack during delivery. And I, when I was kind of looking at what OB I wanted, I asked around to find someone that would be supportive of me going in and saying, Hey, I have panic attacks. I have anxiety really bad. Um, you know, vaginal birth scares the ever living crap out of me. And I want a doctor that will talk to me about it. Um, and my doctor was like, I think it's safe for you and the baby to have a C-section. And, you know, it's super frowned upon by a lot of mom groups and a lot of people are really judgmental about it. But, um, you know, I know it's what's best for me and I know what's best for our baby. And our doctors are totally, you know, listen to your doctor and find someone that supports you. Whatever you need. Mom, yes. Instead of just baby. Uh, and well, I,
4: think,
3: I, yeah,
4: and I, I, I was just going to say, and I think the more that... people like you talk about it it's so bizarre to me that within like pregnancy something so uh i guess i don't know personal is the wrong word but something so intimate maybe everybody for whatever reason seems so willing to share their opinion about the right way right way or the wrong way and there really is the only right way is what is good for the mom and for the baby, and you're allowed to disagree with it. But it's just so odd that people want to say, "Oh, that's wrong. That's bad." Like unless you've unless you have a hundred thousand dollars in medical school debt and you're wearing a white jacket, but don't work at Clinique, then you <laughs> need to to stuff it because you don't you don't get a definitive vote. It's just it's so odd to me how passionate people are about stuff that they and- don't. It and it's the same them. people
3: that say, and I know that you've heard this, Danielle, Adam, I don't know, like you might be on the outskirts of this, but um, women say you should always advocate for your body and for your baby. And what people don't say a lot is you should advocate also for yourself. And I think more and more doctors are doing that now, but if you, you know, women, I think a lot of times put themselves on the back burner. I was just reading today in People Magazine, Haley Hubbard, who's married to one of the Florida Georgia Line guys, she was in People Magazine talking about how she didn't breastfeed because it triggered her depression. Yeah, I'm the same. And there's a, I'm not married to it either way. I'm going to see how I feel about it. And if it's something that takes too much out of me mentally, I'm done. Um, Mm -hmm. But people are so, don't want to talk about that or say that out loud. And it's really hard so it's nice to see women coming out and say, "Yeah, you do what's best for your mental health. And if breastfeeding's not right for you, and it's triggering all these bad things for you. Don't do it."
2: Yeah, I I had an, uh, the experience where uh, first of all, I had three C sections. The first one was not plans, but I was in. I had a terrible uh, labor with my daughter. I went in. Um, Adam will tell you it was like one of the worst. I hate to say that because obviously I had my daughter and so that's the best day of my life. I was just
3: listening to that episode of you all today.
2: Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to say it was the, but it was the, the, the doctor again, the terrible, uh, in my mind practice, you know, I missed the window for the epidural. So, and then, you know, on top of that, there was merconium. And so they were scaring the crap out of me and no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs>
4: But I ended just up having, for the record, I would not have gotten that joke. So, <laughs> I, would have, I would have laughed, but I wouldn't have gotten it. Now I get it. That's a good joke. Yes,
3: yes. See?
2: see. <laughs> uh, but, you, you know, uh, and, and then I had the C-section. And literally, like, I remember being, you know, on morphine uh, with the spinal, which, by the way, I, I'm so jealous of you because that was like the best time I mean the feeling uh, I won't get into it but <laughs> but anyway I let's just say I understand drug you know I understand drugs and the the draw to it after that but um but I I remember saying to the nurse like I remember being like can you can I just book my next C sh- section now like I just want to but she's like but you don't know when you're gonna I was like I don't care just like just schedule me off for, you know, the, like the middle to the, you know, end of 2011 is probably when like, I, for me the C-section was great and I know a ton of people who are so fearful of having a C-section and obviously I know people who only want a vaginal birth and listen, whatever works for you is fantastic.
1: Yes. Uh, I don't even like, I just don't even understand why it's a discussion. Like why do people even have a voice about this? Like, we shouldn't even be talking about this. Like, this should not be a discussion. It's something that's so personal. No, we personal. should be talking about it. No, that's but I'm saying we shouldn't have to talk about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's such a personal thing where, listen, Danielle had three C-sections. She's fine. Okay? <laughs> it's okay to have a C-section. Like, you you know, if you want a vaginal birth, have a vaginal birth. If you don't, if for, for whatever reason you, you're you're into the C-section route, go that way. Like, nobody needs to have a voice in this except for you and your doctor.
3: Oh, totally agree. It kind of blows Jeff's mind too, but it's so funny because with Instagram and, you know, social media and stuff like that, there are so many, um, like keyboard warriors that want to judge other people for their choices and want to say that's wrong. Um, well, it's not wrong for you. You know what I mean? You make the best, best decision. That's for you. And that's a good prep too, for being a parent. You 100% the rest it's, of your life making the best decision for your family.
1: Well, yeah, You listen, you have a problem with my wife taking zola while she's pregnant or you have a problem with her having a C-section or you have a problem with anything. All right, then you come take care of her while she's <laughs> in a depression <laughs> and she's cringed in a corner in a ball crying every day and you go take care of her, okay? Yeah. If that's how you feel.
2: That's interesting that you're talking about a selective C-section because it's as much as I, with the medication and everything, I didn't understand the need to be on it. I knew even at 26, when I was pregnant, I said to Adam and I said, you know, I have, I have a, you know, a lot of friends and family. My best friend is a doula and I have a a lot of friends and family who are very, very big on breastfeeding. Like that was the ultimate to them was the breastfeeding and they were so passionate about it, which is wonderful. And it's a beautiful thing. But I remember saying, you know, I said to Adam, Pretty early on in my pregnancy, when we were dealing with everything, with me going through everything, I said, I'm not going to breastfeed and I'm not going to see if I, if I, you know, if it works for me, I'm not going to wait and try to feel it out. I have a feeling in my gut, because I'm a very tired person also, and I knew that sleep was going to be key. I said, I have a feeling in my gut that I need to just make the decision now. And like, I get the not making, what, again- whatever works for you. If you know waiting is the way to do it for you, 100% don't make that decision now. For me, I knew that it was something that I had to take off the table. I had to not have to wait to make that decision. And, and I had to know that I was going to be able to, at 11 o'clock at night, hand Adam the baby and go to sleep and he would do the last feeding. Um, you know, so uh, For me, again, I remember saying to myself, what is going to make me a better mom? Mm -hmm. And I knew sleep was the number one thing.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
4: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: That's how I feel about the C-section thing. And it's funny because, so the C-section thing, um, part of making that decision was, I do not want to spend nine months. Like you said, I kind of want to take this off of my radar. I don't want to spend nine months stressed, upset, anxious, panic attacking over this. And making that decision with my doctor has completely freed me up to have an enjoyable pregnancy for me. Um, which also has put less stress on the baby, which I'm so glad about because all of my doctors have talked to me about the importance of keeping that anxiety in check, whether that means upping my meds, whether that means, you know, I go to therapy all the time. Um, they have told me how important that is the breastfeeding, honestly, in my gut. And I've never even said this on our show. Um, my gut says it might not be for me. Um, but I'm gonna see how I feel and not you know what I mean I'm gonna see how I feel and then if it's not for me I'm not going to pressure myself into it and I told Jeff too Um, I need you to have my back if she gets here our baby and I decide that I don't want to do that I need you to have my back and advocate for me at the hospital when people are trying to say well Yes, yes should like I need to know walking into that room that you're gonna be like hey stop talking to her about that
4: I've already got my plan for that. So if Tell us, they, I want to hear they, it. If they do come in and they're and they're really like, hey, well, you know, try again or whatever, I'm going to convince them that on the internet I found a a, a diet for babies that's formula and Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we can't do that with breast milk. But there's some geniuses. There's some really, you know, super brilliant. That's- all the people who just won Nobel Peace Prizes, them, Elon Musk.
2: That's fantastic.
4: All those guys, they were raised on the Formula Mountain Dew. And I'm going to say it completely seriously and and let them try to t- – then they'll be focused on talking <laughs> me out of that, which, right. I'll, which I'll eventually – They'll let change the do.
2: conversation.
4: Yeah, and I'll let them do it. And then when they talk me out of that, they'll leave thinking they got to win. Like, oh, okay, well, they're not going to do Mountain Dew. And, <laughs>
2: You know what? Can I be honest with you? Mountain Dew would be a really um, economically efficient way to feed your baby. Right. Totally. It is way more expensive.
4: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You might
2: be onto something, Jeff. I'm <laughs> yeah. into it.
4: I think that we just, anybody who feels pregnancy pressure just needs to come together and there needs to be some secret, like, you know, Facebook group or whatever, where we all come up with stuff that just fries people's brains. So they stop talking about it, you know, like, Oh, why are you having an elective c surgery? So, you know, C-section, and then you just respond with, I have a triple vagina. <laughs> and then when they're like, what is that? And be like, I don't, know, I don't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah. That was in, uh, oh shit. What was the, uh, what, what's the movie?
2: Fuck. Oh, you uh, always forget whenever you want to mention a movie. I know, I cuz I cuz I have
1: the I I see it before right. I can think. Total recall. You got the triple boobs and the triple v- vagina. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Not really. There's no triple, triple vagina, but that's right, what I'm going think boobs. of. Yeah. I remember
2: that.
4: You know, Adam, you wouldn't have these memory problems if you were raised on the dew.
1: <laughs> if, that's right. If,
2: what? if you were raised on the dew, your mom didn't give you Mountain Dew, she. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly, see?
2: Okay, I, I'm interested in – Kelly, I feel like you and I are pretty lucky, and my listeners know Adam and I have been through hell. Adam has put me through a lot, and I think one of the things people often maybe think to themselves if they only listen to certain episodes is – or I get asked actually a lot, why are you still together, right? With Adam, you know, he's put me through a lot of stuff, or, you know, I don't I, – I don't want to speculate about you know you and Jeff, but I can only imagine, you know, of course every couple goes through stuff. But for this, one of the things I say to people is, you know what I am so fortunate in so many ways and one of those reasons is that when I when I was on medication, when I wanted to breastfeed when I he was so he's so supportive of stuff like that that Jeff and Adam, I want I would almost like you guys to both say something, you know to women whose maybe husbands, aren't going to be quite as um supportive about that stuff because i think it's really important and they need to hear that other you know i have three beautiful healthy pains in the ass like they're you know i have three kids who are super healthy beautiful you know yes are their pains but medication did not scar them as human beings and they're totally fine and formula has done fine and we have a child who was speaking Russian at three years old and he was not breastfed so so you know I I just would love but maybe they wouldn't be
1: pains in the asses had you not maybe not yeah
2: (laughs) but I would love you both to you know just talk about your um your mental like where, how did you get to that where you were both sort of like, I just need to support them?
4: For, for, yeah. for, I was just gonna say, for me, it's simple. I don't, I feel like I have a say, like I have a vote, like we each have a vote, but Callie's the tiebreaker. So I don't know enough about vaginal birth versus C section to make an argument of one for one over the other so to me it's simply not if it's important to her then it's important to me and it's not worth fighting about like uh with the with the breastfeeding i think i don't know if it's a compromise or whatever but i think Callie feels in her gut that breastfeeding is not going to work for her and i just encouraged her hey don't make that decision until you're actually holding the baby, like don't rule it out. So that's not even an option. Wait until you are holding the baby, and she's like, "Okay, I can do that." And then if it doesn't work, you know, because we have a friend who tried to breastfeed for so long, and and I don't know how long she tried, but it used to drive her to tears. Like she was so frustrated because the baby wasn't into it and it wasn't working, and you know she felt like a failure. She's feeling so much pressure. Why? I don't know. I would never put. Through that, like if it doesn't work or she doesn't want to do it, then don't do it. I don't know. To me, it's hard for me to advocate to to tell other men how to support their partners because to me, it's just like it's them. They're the ones doing it. You know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I just want I, I, I want to throw in there. Again, we were so young when we had our first child. We've said it too many times already in this episode. But, you know, being 28 years old and not really understanding or knowing anything about what was going on and seeing my wife in the condition that she was in, we really did, I didn't even have time to think about, well, do I really want her to breastfeed or do I not? Or, number one, because of what she was already going through. Number two, I was so fucking young. Like, I didn't even know how to even think about that. So it was easy for me to just say, okay, Number one, my wife needs to be healthy. That's what I have to think about, okay? And number two, um, Danielle had a C-section three times. Danielle uh, bottle fed three times, right? So, what I've come to learn easily is there's gonna be complications or situations, maybe, maybe not, either way, vaginal birth or C-section. Right, something can happen no matter what what the situation is. So whatever your whatever the person who is going through this, which is your wife, is comfortable with, then that's the route that you go to. Whatever makes whatever makes them more comfortable. And then, as far as the breastfeeding versus the bottle feeding, once again, three times that we've done it, our kids are okay.
3: They're more than okay.
1: But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's my point. I
3: was formula fed exclusively and i
1: you know am- yeah, a <laughs> lot of us were we weren't you know well
2: no i yeah i was my kid my brother and sister were both um formula fed i was the only one who was breastfed i am by far the most fucked
1: up. yeah i would highly that. advocate <laughs> bottle feed uh, i'm sorry bottle feeding by just that calculation yeah, yeah, right yeah. no alone. for
2: real my brother and my sister are amazing and i am super fucked up so <laughs> you know i am the poster child of of you know of Uh, formula
1: feeding look uh, listen it's all like just whatever your wife is comfortable with that's Mm -hmm. that's the root ego because it's all going to be hopefully everything's going to be okay usually it is complications can arise in any situation you you just go with it It make your wife comfortable
4: yeah and one of us one of these shows needs to get some Mountain Dew money I think <laughs> after after you this. You
2: might be on something. Listen, you might if you're gonna be the guinea pigs, you might make some you might wind up making some big money.
1: Your kid might start <laughs> your kid might turn into the Hulk like glowing green or some kind of weird thing yeah, happening.
2: That would be awesome. A little
1: radiation of Mountain Dew. Let's go that route.
3: <laughs>
4: that would actually you know what would be really great is sneak some food coloring into the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> The formula, Mountain Dew Green, so that when, when the you know, person is in there the, the, you who's know, trying to talk into breastfeeding, he's like, no, we're doing the Mountain Dew thing. And they're like, oh, ha, 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 you're so funny. Then he goes, hey.
2: <laughs> Jeff, the, the nurses are either going to love you or despise <laughs> you. I haven't decided yet.
1: Oh, and by the way, bonus, at least for us, I don't know how it is anywhere else, C-section, we got an extra two days in the hospital where the nurses were taking care of the babies. So. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but how I mean, days, so, sorry. wait a minute. So, if we wrap it all up, we're talking about morphine, extra days of nursing, yeah. and steal shit. <laughs> Bottle feeding, you could steal bottles mm-hmm. out of the hospital. And formula.
4: And diapers and you're te- technically you're not stealing them right because your insurance company pays for it right, We're paying
3: to be there. So yeah, yep.
4: it's like taking the shampoo at a hotel. You're entitled. hundred
2: percent That's exactly uh, what it is. Are you guys? I mean, how are you feeling right now about everything you're eight and a half months? Are you feeling like Are you, I mean, I know you never feel ready
3: I feel really excited. I um have been really shocked at how calm i've been during this pregnancy i don't know if it's the zoloft or the fact that like the world is up in flames right now and like so it makes me feel a little more normal (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i feel really really good and very at peace
4: that's awesome i I feel like we're prepared i feel like this pregnancy has been really long because 2020 is 24 months long so Number one, stretched out, but also after we had a miscarriage last year, one thing that we that occurred to us is because we didn't tell anyone other than our parents. Nobody knew that, uh, that we were pregnant, and so when we lost the baby, we were very open about – it was something I talked about on my radio show, and Callie shared it on social media, and it was something that – so we were like, hey, we were pregnant we realized that during those 10 weeks that we had the baby before we, we lost it, nobody was sending it positive vibes and positive energy and all that. So this time when we we got the positive pregnancy test, Callie, I think got an appointment that day or the next day to confirm it, you know, officially with the doctor. And we told people that like that week, that week, so we didn't wait three months. So yeah. I, I feel very um, not anxious in an anxiety way, but like I'm ready. Like I'm, I want to meet her, you know, Aww. like I'm excited. So Aww. I'm ready. I'm ready to use her for excuses to <laughs> not go to things and be yes. like, I'm excited <laughs> for that. So you just not show up places and be like, oh my God, I'm sorry she threw up. I'm really looking forward to that.
2: That's great.
3: That's awesome. How about you, Callie? Are you like just, you're excited? I think I would be a lot more nervous had we not lost our first baby, to be honest. That miscarriage really like shook us to our core, which surprised me about both of us. Um, Because we had had, when we got pregnant the first time, you know, we're kind of like obviously super naive. We're still naive, but we were super naive and just didn't, I, I was really scared. You know, most people say they take a pregnancy test and it was the best day of their life. With our first one, I was terrified. I cried. I was like, I mean, we were trying, but I was like, okay, now I don't know what to do. Like, I don't feel like I'm mature enough for this. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do? Uh, <laughs> Wait till you leave
1: the hospital. Mm-mm, sorry. <laughs> Keep going.
4: And then <laughs> we're very Callie is elderly. She's very- <laughs> right, right, she's ready. Right. right. Uh, no,
1: I just remember when we left the hospital with the baby for the first time. They're like, you're really giving us this baby to bring home? Are you crazy? Right. Like, what do we do now? Yeah. Right. Like, what, what do we do?
3: So
2: There's- Callie, I guess for you, since you're elderly, they're gonna they're gonna wheel you out of the hospital in the wheelchair and then you just put it in your trunk. Yeah.
4: Pretty <laughs> much. Put the wheelchair in the trunk and then, <laughs> and then we're gonna drive her to the the, the right. you know, nursing right. home, and that's where her and the baby will live.
3: Yeah. Perfect. Um, so I think had we not had the miscarriage experience, I wouldn't be as excited and peaceful about where we are now because I would just there would be a lot more fear. You know what I mean? Like I kind of told myself after our miscarriage like i took I totally was not present in that pregnancy for the ten weeks that we had that baby, and I regret that so much, so I kind of told myself, if we get pregnant again, like I will spend every day kind of living in the present. And if we get today, I'll love this baby. and then if we get tomorrow, okay, then then tomorrow we'll love her. And then for every day that we get, this child will be loved. Um cause you know, something could go south tomorrow, you know? I'm thirty three over 33 weeks pregnant and you know something could go south tomorrow so for me I'm kind of like trying to stay in the present as much as I can and I've been trying to this pregnancy so I'm not scared yet <laughs> I'm sure I'll be really anxious Um I've actually never had surgery before of any kind so I'm sure once that all starts that I'll um, be a little more nervous and I'm nervous for Jeff because Jeff doesn't do hospitals well so
4: is is
2: with COVID? Is he allowed to be in the C section, uh, the
3: the surgery with you? He's the only one. No guests. Okay.
4: Which is going to be so weird, because we're going to bring, like normally people come to the hospital to see the baby and you'll have visitors, but like when you talk about what I've been thinking about is you're talking about the drive home where you're like, oh, they're really giving this to us, like we're gonna drive home with it and walk into it an empty house and, and nobody will have met it yet. Like, it's just (laughs) ours. And then I'm like, I'm a mat like, where do we put it? Like, where? (laughs) like, like, seriously. So look, where do you set your baby down for the first time? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's the car seat. So can you put the car seat on the kitchen table or do you have to put it on the floor? No, no,
2: no, no, no tables with the car seat. Keep the car seat off the tables. No (laughs) high places.
4: Okay. So Uh,
1: if if you want a little bit of advice as somebody who's been through it three times. Yeah, please. Oh, I want to hear that. Everything that you just said is not why this is all so weird. Okay? Okay. Uh, Do I have your permission to give you some detail?
4: Yeah. No. Yes.
1: Okay. Are
2: you going to scare them? No, I, that's what, I don't want to no, scare them. No, I'm asking them if they want permission. Them. No, that's not fair.
4: Yeah, I keep just, handle, I, I my question it. It. no, no, this has
1: nothing to do with Callie. Jeff is going to be scared out of his fucking mind if he listens to me. Well,
2: so why would you do that?
1: Because it's going to be fun because I, I owe it to myself because <laughs> I went through it to upload oh, this it to something it's somebody like else.
4: An initiation. Yeah, yeah, it's kind okay. of. I want the information as scary as it is because I, I'm not worried about the surgery. It's- okay. All right. Stop right there. Okay.
1: Have you ever read a choose your own adventure book?
4: Yes. Good. Okay. I love those. Let's go with that. You want to when, go into- when- Turn to page 49. You- <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. Here's yeah. where you're going to make one of the most important decisions of your life. Yeah. Okay. When your wife is getting prepped for the surgery room, you are not allowed in the room. Okay. The shot, the epidural. So when you're allowed in the room, she's already high and like love and life, and things are great. Woo! Okay. Now they come and they sit you down beside her head. Yes. With a screen across her body. Yep. And you're just sitting there, you know, talking to her, and she's like drooling all over herself. (laughs) And
4: (laughs) in the best way possible. Yes. uh, Yeah, of course. So normal. So she's normal.
1: So you feel tugging, you feel pulling, not you, not you, Callie. just, you know, Jeff will feel all this. You're going to be great. So the doctor is going to say, here comes the baby and you have the option to choose your own adventure. Would you like to stand up
4: and look over the screen? I want to close the book and I want to hit the doctor. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's what Adam wishes he had chosen. I wish I had chosen that (laughs) adventure. I stood up and saw my wife's organs laid yeah. out beside you her. You can't say that because I think you remember <laughs> it wrong.
2: My organs were not outside my body when you looked.
1: Now, do not listen You're to
4: holding him. Holding her beating heart. In yes. His he he's it was very it was like, it was like
1: disgusted. It
3: was like Mortal Kombat.
4: I when, had a. Wait, a, why
3: did you look though? You were just like in the moment, and you're like, yeah. Of course,
1: I'm my baby, my my baby is coming out of I my don't life. I think he
0: realized
2: what this. was gonna happen. I thought he was, it was gonna be like, you know, like look who's talking when they take it
3: out and it's clean and beautiful. <laughs> and isn't it funny, Danielle, what men think? in their heads, and like we have, I think, a much more realistic view of what it's gonna be like. We went to one of those, because Jeff can't come to any of my ultrasounds or anything like that, so we went to one of those places that just does non-medical ultrasounds, so you can see the baby, but they can't tell you anything about it.
4: Oh, this is I, important, you know what? Just like Adam just gave advice to, to me, like, choose your own adventure, this is good advice for dads. Anybody pregnant? Anybody who's like early on pregnant, and is gonna to go to an any guy who is gonna to go to an ultrasound. So
3: Jeff is like super bummed that he can't come to any of these appointments, right? So for Father's Day this year, I gave him a trip to like the non-medical ultrasound place or whatever. And I was so excited and we get there and he was excited and we're watching the thing and they have this like huge big screen and we're watching the baby on the big screen. Oh, no, no,
4: hold on, you have to set it up because when you walk down the hall and you get into the waiting room, the walls are covered. With all these 3D ultrasounds of beautiful babies, right? Like cute little faces and little are inc- they
2: though the 3D ultrasounds?
4: Well, the ones Just that they it looks
2: kind of weird, right? The
4: ones they have on the wall are adorable.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> They're also oh like <laughs> babies at 38 weeks. Okay, yeah. so it's like not a fair we went at like 17 weeks
4: it doesn't say that it doesn't say this baby is almost cooked it doesn't say <laughs> that it says here's just a it made the lunch. catalog yeah it mm-hmm.
3: made the catalog so we get back there and we're and i'm like crying and i'm like holding jeff's hand and squeezing him and all this stuff and we get our pictures and we leave and it's like the greatest day of my life and jeff goes you need to call your doctor right now <laughs> he goes that is not normal. And he was like, you know, she's 17 weeks. She like, I was like, well, good thing we didn't look last week because her eyes were like on the back of her head. Right. He didn't realize that babies like form and that they're not like those little dinosaur pills you put in your kids' baths that just get bigger as they are. And so he was so upset. He made me text my doctor. He was like, <laughs> our child is deformed. Did you see the thing on her head? Her head is like caving in. She's not okay, Callie. I'm like,
4: so we pulled over. How
1: long was her tail? Just to make sure everything was okay.
4: Thank you. Because they don't have like all the pictures. It's the best of the best, right? That's what's hanging up in the waiting room. (laughs) So I, we pulled over, and I made Callie do a Google search of like. 17 week whatever week we were those okay. are the
2: harvard kids
4: <laughs> and i said look those find some that are similar to ours because if not <laughs> some some similar- <laughs> did you- like it's like a rescue organization yeah. did and you did do mom- like
1: a reverse google search like image search where you took that picture and searched google for that picture to find similar pictures
3: right but he was it's so funny because like men just don't think these things through like of course she's not going to look like much of a baby, you know what i mean like of course. You know, your Danielle's gonna be like in the middle of surgery and the baby's coming out of a bloody hole in her, you know. So, right, right. funny, Like, totally. I think he looked over the first time and was like, What the fuck
2: is
1: that? Because all you
3: see is like Disney movies. No, there's
1: organs.
3: Okay. It is. Why did you look the second and third time?
4: Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you I won't be. And I, I know, I, one of my best friends did the same thing where he was uh, in there, same thing, behind the screen, all of that. And they said, do you want to have a look? And he's like, sure. And he got up and filmed it. Like, what's no. wrong with you? Well, little- well, actually,
1: well, actually, the third time, I didn't get to see, I, I didn't get to look because they pulled the baby out and I saw that he was blonde and I freaked out. Oh no! And so I didn't even get to look at Danielle or even see what was going on with the surgery because I was freaking out that the baby wasn't mine.
2: Because <laughs> our other two looked exactly like him, I finally got one that looked like me, and he was like, "That's wrong. What is going on?"
4: Uh, put it back. Put that <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. He was
1: like clear, white, and blonde.
4: Uh, that's funny. God.
2: Well, now we have to have you guys back on because I want to. F- I need to find out how this goes. You guys are going to be awesome parents. I know it because you're so fun and you're so honest and you're, that baby is going to be so lucky. We and so I'm so fun. grateful to you guys for being so open about all of this. Um, you know, I don't, you, I don't even know if you know the extent of like what you're doing for people by being so honest and that you're going through it and being honest, not like, everything you know is over and now you're willing to talk about it I think that's even more of a gift to people than you realize our goal
3: is just to make people feel less alone you know what I mean yes we can make one person feel less alone in what their experience is or less isolated or less like they're the only one on this island and feeling like a crazy person then we've done something worthwhile
4: you are you're doing that I know it um there's you guys are awesome. Where, there, there's somebody right now who put Mountain Dew in a sippy cup and gave it to a one-year-old, and like, I feel less alone.
1: Oh wait, do we have to be like? We do not advocate putting Mountain Dew in a baby <laughs> sippy cup. <laughs>
2: no, I think Mountain Dew should fucking pay us. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, Thanks. but you guys need to come back and tell us how it goes. Wait, why don't we
1: just go live in the surgery room? Oh my God, have, yes. Have us on, and we'll I'll coach you through it, Jeff. I'll coach you the whole way through. Perfect.
3: Like, I now I get up. Now me. sit down. I did hear, because I am a listener of your show, that you are not the best coach, maybe, but. You're right, <laughs>
2: <laughs> would Be cracked, <laughs> yes.
1: But it would be fun, yeah. maybe not the best.
2: Wait, I also, wait, one thing I forgot, now we really do need to do a second episode, because we haven't even spoken about moving. We just moved, you guys have just moved. Tell us how your move was. Wait, and you were pregnant and you moved. No, 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 Danielle. Does. Well, don't get into well, it because this is I didn't have too to. Long. Do any- OK, wait, but well, what? Because <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. Oh, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> good.
4: Her friend brought over a um like a tailgating chair and set it up. And Kelly set it up in the dining room and as the movers. And I carried stuff up. Kelly just pointed to where it went. Yes. And she just sat there with a t- like like she was at a, a football game tailgate. Yeah. In the cup holder and just pointed at Yeah. So. Highly recommend, if you're a pregnant woman, wait till about six, seven months in, and then get your new house.
2: I I was going to say, I highly recommend Kelly as a friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was Kelly. I'm here. Come to set up a lawn chair for me while I uh, have Adam do some stuff. You pretty much did. I know. He did a lot. But yeah, no, (laughs) listen, you did.
1: I know it. Yeah. A lot is an understatement. Well, it
2: was the sixth time we moved. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, thank you guys so much. You're awesome. And we hope you'll come back on once you have the baby and I I can't wait to see and keep us
3: updated on everything. We are so excited to be on the show. I am like such a big fan, totally geeking out and hopefully (laughs) we'll, um, you know, be able to do this again at some point.
2: Uh, We would love it. You are always welcome on marriage and martinis. It's uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much.
1: And good luck with everything.
4: Thank you.
2: Not the yes. night they
1: needed. It. It's all going to be awesome.
2: Going to be awesome. You know? All right, guys. Have a good night. You guys too. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Bye, guys. So Woo-hoo! good to see you. <laughs>